The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Special, very unusual edition of um, what is it? What's the Treasure Island fishing called? The real recap of treasures. <laughs> Jane is uh, not here today, so it's just myself and Duncan Grieve holding down the fort. How you doing? Uh, kia ora, Alex. I'm I'm surviving. I'm um, kind of equal parts excited and exhilarated for this edition of the podcast. As am I. I'm sort of getting... We are facing a true chaos pod now. Uh, producer is um, <laughs> glitching out. <laughs> I haven't had anything to eat today. It's uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. So he, we're, we're, we're sort of... I think there's some kind of contagion happening with the, with the joyous uh, uh, collapse of Facebook and all its associated entities. It seems to be spreading... We can only hope that this is the end of all of this. (laughs) Do you think that um, without Jane here, I'm trying to draw a Treasure Island parallel. Are we (laughs) Candy and Buck? (laughs) (laughs) We're definitely Candy and Buck. (laughs) It's definitely concerning, just kind of shambling along. So we're here today to talk about week five, I think, of Celebrity Treasure Island. Great week. I think best week... To date, I like. I mean, I, I I couldn't tell in the early weeks. I was trying to tell, trying to figure out if I was trying to will myself into believing that this was a was a great show. And at times, I was getting annoyed with it. But it feels like it's every week the aspects that were sort of a little, um, you know, not not quite so good have have just got really strong. The other, like, it's just getting proper tactical and subterfuge and layered and it's just so fun to watch and the pirates <laughs> the pirates are afoot <laughs> i feel like the, the, i was really into and really coveting every item in the pirate market <laughs> like, <laughs> like i just like overcome with the need to purchase that delicious looking pizza so this was the start of episode 13. They finally got to spend their pirate gold, which they've been kind of collecting through various challenges. And I loved the way it kind of showed who was willing to like put in a little bit to help someone else or to get the clues or who was just going to go rogue and buy a random pizza, which I respected. <laughs> and who was going to get 
sort of irresponsibly and unreasonably angry with someone for buying a random <laughs> pizza as well. For one pirate dollar. Well, especially when, like, by the way, you just let uh, Edna do the, you know, buy buy a clue for three three pirate gold when you're <laughs> having some crate like the the economy of the pirate market is just completely <laughs> out of control. There is no logic to it. It's just yeah, it's 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 amazing. It's I feel like you could give it to like sort of some Stanford psychology experts or economists and they could study this for years without ever really understanding what was going on. I did respect Lana. I feel like at the start she was driving up she was driving up the price of the first piece of parchment. It reminded me a lot of uh, our old friend on The Apprentice when he was like fucking with everyone during that auction. I thought it was really, really cool. <laughs> it was extremely good. She, she knew that they were just, they were in it to win it and they did not care the price. It was it was beautiful. Did anything else of note happen in the in the pirate market? They got a mystery clue. Katipo paid for. I don't know how much they paid for it, but it was ended up being five thousand um, dollars for their chosen charity, which Anna got, which I thought was quite nice. It was. Sweet. It's sort of tense, eh? Because it's like ultimately you want clues to the big treasure, but if you just yeah, I guess it's I guess it's fine for her. I think it's I it's, it's, a, it's it's all fine. My favorite part was. Um, when the pizza came up for auction, Buck saying, enjoying the beans and rice very much. Like, <laughs> Buck has gone from being just this, like, grouchy curmudgeon who contributes nothing to the show to being the absolute light of every scene he's in. It's a really shocking transformation. Grape-throwing legend. <laughs> Grape-throwing and catching in the mouth legend. <laughs> And huge Tim Tam Stan. <laughs> I mean, I can already feel Jane going, you're jumping around, but whenever it happened when they won all those ice cold Tams, <laughs> um, Buck like making chat, which I'm sure they probably just had to do for like, you know, sponsor obligations, but him going, what's your favourite flavour? <laughs> mine's, mine's caramel. <laughs> just... Simply divine. Yeah, he's um, a delight. Captain's vote happened. Yes, I don't remember. Richie, Richie really wanted to be remade captain, but quite aggressively. Mm. He's just he's just quite unpleasant as old Richie, and I love it for the TV. But it really, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely something. Um, something that I discovered this week, which I am able to access because I screenshot it, is that Richie has a really weird Instagram account. <laughs> it was brought to my attention. Um, he sort of, his sort of mindset marketing thing is all very unclear. And there's sort of a photo of him wearing a cheese cutter with just the text, with network marketing, you get to dream again. And that's kind of it. Like, there's just... This is not quite enough info for me. And then the, 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 the caption is another way to earn while you sleep, dot, 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 dot. No link, no nothing. <laughs> I just find it really, really fascinating. And network marketing, like I, I could be wrong, but it it vibes a lot like, like I just watched Lula Rich, which I loved, to a documentary about a um, leggings company in America that turned out to be like a real classic pyramid scheme 
I think we're back oh, yeah. has an Gentle. awful. Sorry, no, Jane talked about it on the pod last week. <laughs> it, it just has an awful uh, stench of the uh, of the pyramid shape about it. <laughs> um, yeah, which is cool. Just, just allegedly honest opinion, all of that, all of well, that, all of that. Well, I mean, I think it's fine because what he seems to be advocating for is the concept of pyramid schemes, but not any specific one. Without yeah, the, yeah. the link or the name or anything. There was another quite interesting one that had a child wrapped in an American flag. And it says, our head office in the USA has an amazing offer of a free leg up to the business there. Let me know if you're keen to know more. I've just got a lot of questions, you know? <laughs> I've got a lot of questions. <laughs> it's really, really amazing. He's, it's like, yeah, we've just discovered this. Because, I mean, a former Kiwis league captain should be a, you know, should be like a national figure. But somehow he's managed to sort of stay away in the shadows, getting just super weird, like wildly competitive, <laughs> incredibly chiselled, selling you a lot of strange stuff that he won't tell you about, and just really, really quite profoundly disliking his um, his uh, team, teammates and not being shy about it at all. And it's driving Ange absolutely wild in a way that is so entertaining. I really, really enjoy her her personality on the show. And the further it develops, the more she's just whirled off CTI on. That's the whole of the cosmos. Totally. I also like how you can see the, like, strengths of their careers, I guess, coming through. Like, Ange and Chris being extremely observant, perceptive, like, picking up on all these tiny little clues from people, Edna being like, I'm a boss, I don't fuck around, I don't give a shit, but I'm missing all of the, um, you know, the subtleties and the nuances of what's actually going on. And then, like, kind of the sports people just like, yeah, I'll throw a grape. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw a grape and I'll catch it. <laughs> it's just really, really cool. Um, what did you think of the captain's challenge? It was another look into a box and tell a lie. <laughs> um, to be honest, this is the one I've watched the most of. Well, not all right. of, but the highest percentage completion. And I enjoy, I think Lance, Lance, I mean, we'll get to this, but Lance is actually playing the most extraordinary game. Um, and Ange is very good at the game. And so this was the first one that was actually sort of interesting to watch because they were both had sort of different styles and you couldn't, and they were sort of figuring it out on the fly. And it clearly meant a massive amount to Ange and mm-hmm. that... Like, because, you know, she'd basically been openly doubted by, by Richie, um, the, it sort of it meant everything to her to, to kind of validate her own desire to be captain by, by winning. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of fun. Still, still a stupid game. A very stupid game made even stupider by the inclusion of jugly eyes on the objects. <laughs> and one has to wonder... Are they sending us a message, <laughs> you know? That's so true. Because I don't think Jiggly Eyes existed before the real pod. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> there's I'm no, pretty sure. Yeah, and there's no upside to it. It just makes it weird. I think it must be a message to you, Alex Casey, former Warner, Warner Brothers employee. I am glad to receive that message. Um, Also, I think we have some breaking news, which I forgot to announce. We are getting our hands on some pirate gold. No. 
We are getting some. We're getting some pirate gold in our little in our little Velcro wallets. <laughs> Soon enough, <laughs> so to speak. That, that is amazing. I want that putia so badly. It's been a while since the the old museums had a um, donation. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's getting quite cobwebby. She's been in lockdown. You know, no. And we're we're all waiting for what is it? Step three of <laughs> alert level. Three and a bit to um, go to the museum with a group of 25. Oh, <laughs> that's what we're all dying for. That's absolutely right. You know, we haven't been able to get <laughs> to get our customers through. Cobwebs everywhere. <laughs> just just generally down on our luck. Uh, no wage subsidy on account of being purely staffed by volunteers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's charity, really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's very exciting. We'll keep you abreast of that developing story. <laughs> um, out of that captain's challenge, they made the huge move and Katipo stole Chris Parker. Huge. Brutal. Brutal as well. Like, the, this is where I think that the, I don't know. You also, like, the, the, it's just you can feel it switching from like a fun, silly thing that everyone's doing to like a thing that people actually want to win. And I think that was the moment when it flipped over to being more of the winning thing than the fun thing, which is beautiful. But obviously, like, Chris is up properly upset. He does not like it, and I get it. Totally. And you saw him kind of, I think it was the following episode, sort of start to unravel a bit and talk about all the pressure that he feels to be everything for everyone. And that, you know, he got chosen solely because he's, like, the most charismatic <laughs> man in the world, the most likable, like, team player. And she talked about she just wanted the Chris Parker effect on her team. And I imagine that must be quite stressful if you're not feeling up for it to kind of turn that on all the time. Uh, and I think that that was, that was one of I mean, we're, we're skipping ahead of it. Sorry, Jane. But <laughs> the watching him, like, sort of, you know, he was, like, revealing some stuff. He was a little bit having fun with it, but he was also, like, very genuinely, like, seemingly... It was getting to him, and that was, like, extremely raw and real for what is fundamentally a massively silly show to mm-hmm. actually just have something like that pop up in it. It also shows just how bad the juju is on uh, Katabu when, you know, like, they... They're actually all like fine, basically, as a group of people. They're, they're somewhere on a spectrum between fine and totally lovely and cool. And Repo is not an uncomplicated team. They've got some bad times, but Repo just is always having a lovely time, even mm. when it's not. And it's just, its natural gravity is up. Whereas Katapo is just kind of basically always looking for an excuse to completely fall apart. It's re- and even Chris Parker, with all that he brings, it just instantly becomes part of that slightly frayed atmosphere. Mm. I liked when they were trying to, he was trying to sound them out and share a little but not share everything and see if in return they would share things that he knew about that they didn't know that he knew. And mostly I just loved because they were like, he said something about spilling the beans and there was just like a Mwah! shot of just the baked beans being pushed around <laughs> the plate. It's just like, it's just so fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, but Eden has kind of seen this as the chance in this episode to break up Bryn and Chris and put them both up for elimination and send someone home extremely smart didn't get a lot of uh, <laughs> didn't get a lot of support <laughs> it's a, it's a really smart idea 
that if she could understand that people's lack of enthusiasm for it is extremely instructive about them being smart and not them being stupid would be even smarter still, if that makes sense. Wow, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. That's the smartest, dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Basically, if you say smart enough times in a sentence, you're basically a genius. It also kind of came out that Kim Crossman found out that there was all this stuff going on that she didn't know about, The uh, that, that Bryn and Chris were with Lance and Joe and she kind of latched on to Edna. I mean, I must, she must have been feeling quite betrayed by the... The funny girls, the funny girls alliance that she hadn't been let in on that. Um, but it kind of started this whole chain of things, right? That just spiraled a bit into the next episode. Honestly, the the Kim Crossman thing felt like a really. This, I hope this is not mean spirited, but it felt in some ways like a, a metaphor for her transition to comedy in her career, without wanting to like hyperinflate it too much. Where. You know, she 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 always had more fame than the comedians, and they were always just kind of more confident in their senses of humor and senses of being comics. And they were sort of there was always a sense that they were trying to trade with one another her fame, mainstream appeal for their ticket into the comedy sphere. And obviously, there was like a the super ugly uh, Kim's new look episode that was the sort of origin story of this whole thing. And it just felt like in this, the fact that there was this kind of group of comedians plus plus Lance who hadn't included her just felt like it was on some level connected to the the mean girlsiness of of Kim's just not quite ever being given full membership to the comedian thing or am I massively overthinking it I don't know I think it's a, I think it's like really galaxy brain reference <laughs> for about 10 people who were on Twitter in 2010 but that's, but what, that's, what, the real, that's what the real one's here for I mean what Kim did have she did have Edna on her side who did you know as soon as Edna found out about all of this went straight up to Lance and said tell me what's going on <laughs> which is really cool unfortunately Fortunately, she wasn't quite open to um, all of the information that was being laid out there by Lance when he was sort of like, maybe just like wait a second before you uh, show me the clue, like think about this, <laughs> basically saying stay away from me. <laughs> Edna's style is just so stunningly direct, eh? Like she basically just goes up to someone, immediately asks the most direct thing and immediately offers without anyone having agreed to any kind of a deal, all of her assets in return. And on some level, that's like, you know, quite nice and, and not guileless, but it's just very like, you know, let's just play the game dead on. But if Lance had been an asshole, and on some level he's being the kind of asshole that the game wants him to be, he could have just take, taken that clue, mm. clue. Like it's, you know, there, there's there's definitely some checkers chess stuff going on here. Um, totally. But I really hope Edna stays relatively deep because watching that interaction is just so compelling. It's amazing. And that I wrote down that quote from her where she said, I just feel like the game is being played under my nose and I'm not sniffing it. <laughs> it's, like, it's just amazing. It's like, yes. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, Face-off challenge. Which one was this one? Chuck. Oh, the one where they had to chuck the balls and they all had nets and Richie did that really brutal looking uh, thing to his hamstring. I don't think, yeah, it's very bad what's happened. To, to, uh, yeah, poor, poor old Richie. I mean, 
yeah, the, the game the game itself was not um, super compelling. It just felt like it was a smush together of a bunch of previous games. But the the injury to Richie did feel like it was consequential. I do wonder if the injury had anything to do with the fact that his singlet looked like it had been slashed by Godzilla. <laughs> did you notice this? He's worn just that like... singlet quite a lot, and very much. I assume it is. Yeah, it definitely looks like you know either that or he was on Honey I Shrunk the Kids. And got hit by a lawnmower. There's just something very strange and cinematic has happened to that shit. I just wonder how much of like the the slow kind of roughing up of all their clothes is just happening, or if there's sort of like every two days someone just gets in there with like a little pair of nail scissors from production and just like <laughs> scruffs it up a bit. <laughs> I think the boredom is just incredibly real. Like yeah. and every so often you get a glimpse of that, and and they probably rely on that as as part of like a it generates some of the the bizarre stuff that goes on is just there is nothing to entertain you. So obviously you're going to start slowly chipping away at your clothes. Just, you know. <laughs> it's the only way. Um, they won a catalogue prize and every, like where they got to order anything they wanted from the special, Breeze special mail order thing. Everyone wanted a pie. Thoughts? Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we didn't fully get to explore, you know, as someone who is now in the pirate market, essentially, with this promised pirate gold on the way. <laughs> I would just like to know more about what is completely, like, on on offer here, you know, because everyone just settled for pies really fast, and I was kind of curious to know what else is there. I guess pie is, like, a good combo of yummy carbs. Is meat Protein. useful? Protein. <laughs> but, but also, pie travels better than some... You know, like depending on how far away town is uh, or production, you know, like I think you can kind of rely on a pie. Pie even sort of lukewarm, but the filling is going to stay strong. <laughs> but buck and the power pie, I thought, I thought was really was really neat. Like that, that kind of gives an indication that this was not your average bakery, so kind of made it yummier looking. That's true. Again, another gourmet week for Buck. Caramel Tim Tams, power pie. This power pie is absolutely brilliant, he said. <laughs> Buck does not want to leave. I honestly he doesn't think want to leave. He's going to get it eliminated and then you'll just see him sort of skulking around at the edges of the, of the bush, just living wild, living free. Um, while they were eating the pies, there was that kind of uh, Edna chased after Lance again to try and talk strategy and Lance was doing his kind of playing dumb, playing smart, saying, I'm future thinking, I'm not even thinking, I feel like I'm doing nothing but doing everything. I feel like he's got a handle on it. But sometimes when he's saying these things in his private moment, moments to the camera, I'm like, do you know what you're, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I, I think Lance is just foxing us all. Like He's absolutely destroying this game in like the best way. Like, and the way that he, you know, sort of, you know, he's made kind of fairly explicit reference to conceptions of him and Joe, perhaps being because they're um, Pacifica people that, you know, that they're maybe just more of a good time and not so smart. When they're easily, easily playing the smartest um, game of, of anyone, uh, I feel like, you know, that it's just, it's pretty heady stuff. Like and kind of like interesting, you know, like like from uh the just the general like I don't know. It's uh I'm really really enjoying watching Lance kind of play these multiple games and especially with Edna. 
who he really has convinced that he is just an absolute airhead and as a result <laughs> he can just lead her around to do whatever he wants. It's amazing. Um, Edna didn't get her way. It wasn't Chris and Brett up for elimination. It was the battle of, uh, what is it, Lee, League? League? Le- League and rugby. League versus Union. Right? League versus oh, Union. Fuck. You gave it a crack. And um, they had to do giant chopsticks (laughs) stack, the classic, classic sportsman challenge. (laughs) (laughs) That was always, because it's always been with the league league versus union, they do talk about, because they're quite sorry about this, it's about to become (laughs) some other podcast. But, you know, they've always been like, because they're very similar sports, they have the same origin story, 13 versus 15. There's been kind of like a, could the Kiwis play the All Black? kind of thing it comes up every few years and like they play like a half of league and a half of union or something like that but it's actually brilliant that the 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 true way to decide which sport is stronger was with giant chopsticks (laughs) and some blocks uh it was it was there the whole time we just never you know (laughs) But it obviously meant everything to Buck. Like, he, you could sort of see on his face that once he realised that he was winning, it was like, this really, he was going to dine out on that forever. He's just so very pleased to receive a piece of pirate gold. Thank you for that gold, he said. <laughs> to <match his> him. <laughs> yeah, I was very happy for him. I like to say, I'm glad that him and Candy are still there and like, that. you know, some of the challenges lend themselves to it doesn't have to be speedy, fast or young necessarily. It's just, um, think of sushi, Buck. <laughs> think of sushi, <laughs> was what someone said. Oh, um, so good. Do we need to take a break? Is this nah. what would normally happen in the pod? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 let's take a break. Do you think we need to take a break? We can't see I here, so I'm going to assume we're going to take a break. <laughs> see you soon! Or hear from you soon, fuck. No, we won't though. They'll hear from us soon. Kia ora koutou katoa. Te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. As we find ourselves navigating a new outbreak and lockdown, everyone here at The Spin-Off remains committed to bringing you quality independent journalism, which, of course, includes our coverage of COVID-19. It's not an exaggeration to say we couldn't do this work without the generous support of our members. So, if you'd like to help us keep Aotearoa informed, please visit thespinoff.co.nz slash members for more details and to donate today. Episode 15! (laughs) What do we remember from this episode, Duncan? Bradley Uh, has a sad chat with Edna. I don't remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is around when I think they're, they're intercutting with Chris Parker having his emotional moment, and there's this. He says this thing like, "No one's waiting for for Edna to be a pleasure to be around." Like the the extent to which their sort of pre existing personas define the lift that they have to do, which is quite was quite touching. Yeah, but um, sorry, no. T- t- tell tell me about Brindley and Edna. Oh, no, it was just, no, I remember it now. It was just a sad moment where Brindley was just kind of making a small talk and Edna just, like, turned around and walked away and Brindley just kind of spoke to herself around the campfire for a while. I just love all those little, all those little moments that actually say quite a lot about um, these different characters. And, yeah, Kim says in her kind of private interview that she's quite envious of um, the way that Chris can play in a way that's sort of savage it doesn't make it personal, but it's still um, keeping everyone on side. And yeah, maybe this speaks to your uh, 
2010 Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter thesis. Well, I mean, we all know that. We all remember that. No, the, I guess the, the, the thing that's interesting about it at this point is they've been there two weeks. It's a long, long time. They're used to being either the brightest star or one of the brightest stars in any particular room. They're naturally... A lot of them very social or very, even very social media type people. They're, they're in quite a strange environment and you can see that it's sort of starting to get to them in a way which is, you know, making the show more compelling. Like it, there is, this is a really specific reality TV product and, and the, because of the celebrity element and because you're so sort of stimulation starved, like it's on, on one level it's definitely a social experiment, which it's quite, and, you know, the more, the deeper we get, the more you see glimpses of how that's impacting people. I am um, sorry. I just absolutely blanked <laughs> trying to remember why. I wrote that Chris's beard is coming in. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I was interested. I, I mean, I don't, how long does a beard take to come in? Does that stack up with the two weeks? Like, are we? Is the timeline truthful? I guess is what I'm asking. Or is the beard fake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking the question. <laughs> no, that's good. You're just doing your, your research. Um, so, beards. My understanding is that beards grow at wildly different rates. Right. Like, I think if I was on the show, my beard would be as 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 sort of patchy. And um, sort of indistinct as Chris's. After and two weeks. After two weeks. Whereas our, our mutual colleague, Simon Day, long-time listeners will, will be aware of, <laughs> um, also co-host of the, of the Offspin podcast, give it a hand, uh, basically has that sort of Homer Simpson thing of can shave either his head <laughs> or his beard in the morning and <laughs> by the evening has a full sort of yogi's kind of... Uh, Thatch down to his midriff kind of thing. So, <laughs> so well, well, I think Chris is, re- is real, but it's not particularly impressive in the context of a show that, that is just stretching out. I think I buy the two weeks, yeah. You buy the two weeks. I buy the two weeks. It checks out. <clears throat> um, Lance got another clue and freaked out because he didn't know who Jim Hawkins was, which I didn't either. Did you? Nope. Okay. Because it's clearly this, I mean, we know because we get to see the little um, flash forwards to this long drop. (laughs) (laughs) This fascinating long drop full of uh, (laughs) flotsam and jetsam. (laughs) Just diving on there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's really looking like there's a clue lodged in um, a book, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that is, that is. the, The thing is, all that stuff looks like kind of bad stock footage taken from some sort of 80s TV show or something. So it might just be nothing as well. Can't wait to find out. Um, (laughs) They had a rowing team face-off, which seemed quite intense. Interesting that they had, like, bespoke boats. This is what I can't understand. Crazy. I can't understand any of it. Like, it didn't need to be that hard. Like, who who are these makers who are just... (laughs) Building everything seemingly from scratch, conceiving of it from scratch, and then the phenomenal danger of sending them out <laughs> through some quite large waves yeah. in boats that you just sort of whack together, 
Like, I've never seen any boat shaped like that before. So inexperienced <laughs> oarsmen, high seas, brand new boats. And then, you know, you saw them get sideways and, and almost get tipped out. And what, like, that boat, sharp edges, hits you in the noggin, you're out. Like, it's it's just amazing to watch. I, I, like, I've all it is is just a sea of very, very fascinating questions about this production. It's, uh, I love it. Thankfully, the the most dramatic thing that happened is that um, oh, there was a capsizing, but what what people seemed to get hung up on was the fact that uh, Joe Diamond splashed the other team with his oar <laughs> while they were ahead, and people did not like that. And when I say people, I mean Ange <laughs> and Lana. Oh, and Lana. It was kind of amazing, given like you know that you've got to think that they're showing the best shots they have of Splashgate. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it was like such a pitiful splash for them to be esteemed as they were. I think at this point Katapo is just real angry that their team sucks and they constantly lose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I understand. Like it does yeah. seem bad. It must be real rough. And uh, especially watching Repo have that elaborate barbecue, including the longest beetroot zoodles I have ever seen in all my lifelong days. I feel like I thought zoodles were over. <laughs> They're back. They're really back. Well, Edna was trying to have these real serious conversations with Lance, who had revealed that they basically they want to get rid of, they want to weed out Kim and have this high-flying thing to make Chris the captain on the other team, and then all four of them will go to the final or something. All I could look at were the long, <laughs> endless zoodles. <laughs> Why is zoodles such a fun word to say in here? Like, it's just one yeah. of the greats. It doesn't get enough airtime. It doesn't get enough. Matilda Rice did a lot of work for Zoodles, but um, <laughs> those days are over. <laughs> and then there was the elimination challenge. Oh, well, there was a last-minute switcheroo where Lance had planned to put up Jess, which kind of, like, implicitly revealed to everyone that they have, like, a weird little alliance. But I think Lance's thing is that he's just got an alliance with everyone because everyone likes him, <laughs> and he chats to everybody, and they're like, yeah, sweet, I'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's um, that yeah. Lance has basically got everyone on a, on a string, and uh, and it's amazing the way he can like make a plan with his team, completely switch the plan, you know, in a way that clearly reveals that he's playing some kind of game or is duplicitous on some level. And then because of the way that he wields this, I'm just a bit silly. Uh, mm. I don't know why I'm doing this stuff. As a weapon against them, they just like you know, like the likes of Edna. It's like, oh man, Lance is real useless. Like maybe, <laughs> or maybe he just took out your one, the one person, your alliance, and you still don't think that he's he's yeah. gaming it. <laughs> True. At the last minute, so Jess kind of, I think she said something where she had a, a sore stomach, and when it became evident that the challenge was something kind of core and balance based, she did a little shake to Lance and nodded at Anna. Uh, Simsick, who went up against Kim, and, you know, it's tough. She's an Olympic athlete. <laughs> she looks like she could do that for the rest of her life if need be. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Kim went home. Kim went home, and then Jess sort of revealed that she'd given the nod, which was not well received by her teammates. I mean, the whole end of this was it was amazing because that was like, wow, this 
the 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 bad vibes in uh, Katapo are not going to be improved by that, especially because Jess has been this kind of big big smiling angel the whole way through, and just to reveal that kind of will set everyone on edge. And then you have like the uh, cut ahead, the throw ahead to next week. Chris Parker body cam, <laughs> so good. sneak sneaking off to to rat out his. Uh, you know his his teammate or you know his um, alliance mate and the the you know the the big uh, the big throw forward to Chizo kind of calling him out no hoorah there Jesus no. it's so exciting I love the way it played out where Chris revealed to the team that Lance wants to meet him on top of the hill and then you see them but he's like but I don't want to do anything not on camera and it's sort of <laughs> like you're like oh behind the curtain straight away and then you see them all look to the crew and go can we take a GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just like, yes, I love seeing that. I love showing the working. But also, what a progress. He like instantly knows it's like, don't do it if it's not on tape. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. So good. So we'll be looking forward to all of that drama unfolding next week. Any other final thoughts? We did it. We did it. This is a, that was a podcast, I think, That was something. Can't argue with I that. Haven't heard from my hair, haven't seen them, but assume it's all fine. <laughs> Um, thank you everyone for listening to whatever this was. Subscribe, tell your flatties. If Facebook ever comes back up, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the real pod. And we've got badges. <laughs> <laughs> pins, no less. Enamel yeah. pins. To be honest, I would have expected a greater sell through for those pins. I think we've sold sort of 50 or 60 of them, but I want to crack a handy. So if you really want to show your loyalty to the to the greatest damn New Zealand reality TV podcast of over five years gestation that there ever was. Get one. Go to the spin-off shop. Spend your pirate gold wisely. <laughs> Hooroo! <laughs>if you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a spin-off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.